Mark chapter 6, excited about uh, today's message as we continue this series, believing that God's going to show up in this place. We want to see Jesus better, be more like Jesus, and I believe when we do, um, our lives will never be the same again. Our lives cannot continue to be the same again. If you're there, can you shout amen? Put it up on the screen as well. Reading out of the NIV version, you can follow along. If we can put it up on the screen and we'll read it together. It says, the apostles gathered together around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, hey, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. We're going to go get some rest. Going to go pick out some uh, five guys and just chill somewhere. We're just going to relax. And it says, so they went away by themselves in a boat. They got on the boat, went to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all towns, and they got there ahead of them. People were following Jesus all over the place. And it says, Jesus landed, and he saw a large crowd. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Here Jesus finds an opportunity to help people and preach. And here he begins to do it. And it says, by this time, it was late in the day. So the disciples came to him and they said, hey, this is a remote place. We're in the middle of nowhere. It's already very late, Jesus. Uh, Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding areas. They need to go to an Applebee's or Chili's. Find somewhere to eat. It's getting late. It's going to close on them. It says, but he answered, no, you give them something to eat. They said to him, well, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Jesus, are you serious? I mean, I mean, you know, the amount of money it's going to take to feed this crowd. I mean, this is just absolutely crazy. And then it says, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. It says they went, Philip goes, finds out through the crowd, comes back. They said, well, we have five and two fish. Then Jesus directed to them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They had all eight and they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. What an incredible miracle Jesus did here in the book of Mark chapter 6. This miracle story is the only one that's repeated other than the resurrection in all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, we all love those four books, but I like the way the book of John kind of finishes it up. Look how it says here in the book of John chapter 6. It says, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And so they gathered them and they filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Pick up the pieces and let nothing be wasted. Out of these few verses, I want to share with you a message this morning as we continue in part three of our series, I Love Miami. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, whether it's on a notebook or on an iPhone, uh, if you have an Android, by iPhone. But uh, anyways, write this down. <laughs> the subject today, the title of the message is we are all in this together. Come on, I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them we are all in this together. Pray you take down some notes. If you take a lot of notes, you get a VIP package in heaven. So we take a lot of notes in church. And if you're single, take extra notes. Uh, some people may be looking and they see you may be over spiritual and you might leave out of here with a wife or a husband. I'm just saying. We are all in this together. I want to share 
over the next 20, 25 minutes really quick before we go. I want to share around this passage, try to unpack it, try to help us to see Jesus a little bit better. And I think that God wants to communicate something to us here today and hope we all lean into his spirit. Nothing that I can say, but everything that God can do. We need him in this place and we want to see Jesus. If this is your first or second time, we pray that you uh, can just sit back, relax, and I hope you see Jesus. But even if you don't believe in him, he believes in you and we're just glad you're in this house. Beautiful thing about this house is you don't have to believe to belong in this house. You are always welcome. Our doors are always open. And I believe this is the best place you can be on a Sunday morning here at Calvary Kendall. Amen. Come on, church. Can I get an amen? Glad to be in the house. You're going to see we like to get loud. We like to shout down whoever's preaching. Uh, sometimes we get up and we shout amen. Uh, we can, uh, somebody said at Winwood one time, cook it up. I said, okay, I'm in the kitchen. Um, I mean, whatever you want to do, but uh, just go ahead and feel free to shout. This is a good, happy, uh, loud church. We're Hispanic. Any Hispanics in the building, we just are extra loud. There you go. That just shows right there. <laughs> it's like, say anything. Woo! Okay, security. All right. Close our eyes, bow our head, and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, God for everything you're doing in this place, in this space, God. We thank you for each and every single person here. God, we pray that you would uh, help us, God, today to see you better and to see you more clearly. Jesus, we want to be like you, God. We, we want to know you. We want to be like you, talk like you, act like you. We want to be your hands and your feet in this city, in this community, God. And we pray that you would help us here this morning, God, that we didn't just come to church just to hear a message. We didn't come to church just to sing along a song. But we came to have an encounter with you, God. We want to know you better. We want to walk out of here with a relationship with a very real God. Holy Spirit, come healing, opening up eyes, come uh, restoring marriages, come saving, come healing bodies in the name of Jesus. You can do it all. You break every chain and you open up every single eye. We thank you. God, right now as a community, God, I, I would love to pray uh, for the people of Haiti and the people of Cuba, God, uh, where this uh, hurricane Matthew went by and left uh, total devastation. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit will bring comfort and peace right now in the name of Jesus, God. God, we pray that you would help any efforts that we can as we give toward the Red Cross and as we're trying to do all we can with this orphanage in Haiti. God, that you would bless it, that you would multiply it, God. God, I pray that they would know that you are with them, God, that they are not by themselves, God. Bring peace there, God. Lift up their heads that they may know that you are with them even in the middle of of a storm. God, we pray that you would help us be uh, a source of help to them. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people say, Amen. come on, all God's people say, Amen. we're doing all we can. I want you to know we got uh, someone on the ground in Haiti that's trying to help us out with an orphanage over there. Gerald, one of our board directors, also have contacts over there. So doing all we can, we'll, we'll be giving out some more information this week and do all you can to uh, also communicate with the Red Cross. And we just need to help and pray. This is where the church should show up. Amen. So keep them in your prayers. Hey, um, anybody in here, I want to see, anybody in here married, married, married people, married people in the house? Let me see. Wow, we got a lot of marriages in the house. Husbands, you better raise your hand really high. Big smile in your face. There you go, Ricardo. Big smile on your face. You better put your hand up. Any single people in the house? Single people in the house? Look around the room. That's your chance right there. Hey. <laughs> Marriage is awesome. I think if you're not married, I pray you get married soon. Uh, I think marriage has been an awesome ride. Katie's about to get married soon. No, no, not yet, but hopefully. But we're praying for Isaac. But anyway, so Ricky too. Ricky's uh, desperate to get married. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not desperate. He's not desperate. He's not desperate, but we found his profile on ChristianMingle.com. Just kidding. <laughs> marriage is awesome. Marriage is awesome. We learned that this is going sideways real quick. 
Marriage is awesome. Learn a lot. How many know there's a lot of sacrifice in marriage? There's a lot of dying to self in marriage. Not my marriage. My marriage is awesome. Patience, yeah. Maybe in yours, not in mine. Um, <laughs> kidding, kidding. I love marriage. I mean, we've been having the time of our lives. But I think in marriage, you just learn a lot of good lessons in marriage, a lot of great lessons in marriage. And uh, one of the things I've learned lately is how much you need each other, right? You need each other. I, I, I was going somewhere the other day, and I, I kind of, like, I knew... I knew how to get there. I knew the directions. Um, it was a little bit complicated, but I said, I've been in Miami my whole life. I know these directions. I'm going to get there. My wife is like, hey, babe, babe, um, don't you think you need, I mean, I could put it on Waze, the GPS. Hey, how many of you use Waze? Anybody here use Waze? It's awesome. I said, babe, <laughs> I got this. Babe, born and raised in Miami, 305, the bottom of the crib, Dolly. I got this. I know these streets. I mean, this is where I'm from. How many know that, I mean, after about 20, 30 minutes and it's like, oh, what's going on here? Uh, it's like, hey, hey, uh, ba babe, um, can, you, can you pull up Waze real quick? They moved the building. I mean, they moved the building. I don't know what happened, but I realized I didn't have it all together. I mean, uh, one of the things my wife loves is she loves Ikea. Any Ikea lovers in here? That, pray against Ikea. I know, I think it's from Sweden. We don't like Ikea. <laughs> Ikea, man. They come with like a million pieces, and uh, wow, it's like, I'll pay somebody to build this thing, and uh, I think I got this from my father. My dad's the same way. It's like, hey, I'll build it without the instruction booklet. This is easy. I mean, come on. I know there's a million pieces, but this is easy. Anybody like that? I think, babe, I think you should use the instruction booklet. <laughs> babe, I, I got it. I got it. How many know that when you're about done with this thing, with this furniture, with this monster of a thing, uh, it's like leaning sideways, a desk, and you're like... Can I, can I see the instruction manual? I might need some help. I mean, I mean, we all need a little bit of help. We can't do anything alone. We, we, we really can't. And we have to understand this is how, I mean, just marriage works. It is awesome. It is good. And as I was thinking about marriage, as I was thinking about help, you know what, ch what church? Can I, can I tell you? I just started to think, man, in life, as a community, as a church, we can do so much greater, so much more, so much bigger when we are a church that is united, counting on one another, loving one another, leaning upon one another. Come on, anybody glad that we got the church that we can do life together with? Oh, come on, we can do so much more when we do life together. I mean, I've learned this in marriage. My wife, she's the voice of the Holy Spirit in the marriage. Like, she just helps me out. When you got people by you, by your side, and say, hey, you can do this. You can accomplish it. Do this and do that. I appreciate the church. Appreciate the community of God that we live life together. I love this. I think nobody should live life alone. I think so many of us, humanity wants to live life alone. Like humanity is kind of like, hey, hey, I got this. I got this. Don't, don't tell me how to live. Don't tell me what I should and shouldn't do. Don't tell me. I mean, I, I mean, I know connect groups. I've heard about that. Heard that there's some leaders there that can help me or pray for me. No, no, no. I'm okay by myself. I think that's one of the biggest lies of the enemy is for you to try to live life alone. There's nothing like living life in community. I'm talking about when you're feeling down, you're just coming into church, your head is down, you're like, I shouldn't even be here. For one of your leaders to come by, a team leader or a connect group leader to come by and say, hey, you know what, can I just tell you God's hand is upon your life? Can I tell you you are a leader? You got a purpose, you got a calling. Oh, come on, when you live life together, leaning upon one another, it is amazing. It's amazing. I think life, I mean, we can accomplish so much more together as a family. Helen Keller said this one time. She said, alone, we can do so little. Together, we can accomplish much. 
Wow, I mean, what can we do as a community? What can we do as a church if we were to live this life together? What, what, what can we do if we trusted one another and loved one another and leaned upon one another and said, hey, I don't want to live solo. I don't want to live life by myself, but I want to live life in community, in relationship. I mean, this is how God has called us to live together in unity. I mean, come on, let's depend on one another. Let's join a connect group. Let's join a team. Get some solid people around you to help you, give you wisdom, give you advice, give you some prayers, lay hands on you and say, you got this. You are a champion. Your marriage is going to make it. Your business is going to succeed. Come on, we're believing in you. There's nothing like community. Come on, is there anybody grateful for the church of Jesus and community? Can I just tell you, maybe you're in here today and you're just like, well, this is my first time or my second time. Or maybe you've been coming for some months and you, you really haven't gotten involved. Can I let you know that you are not just an attendee. You're just not a spectator. God has called you to be a participator, to join community, to get into a family, to get into a place where you are surrounded by wisdom, power, love, help from people around you. I mean, community, it is beautiful. We all should live life in Community. I mean, the help that comes from it, it is absolutely beautiful. I think we see a picture here of community in Mark chapter 6. I mean, Mark chapter 6, you can preach a whole lot of things about it, but I think one of the main things is community and the power of working together. I love this because I think this is the heart of God. God himself is a community. It is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit all working together as one. And he's always worked in community. What I love about this is that Jesus comes down to earth and he continues to work in community. I mean, this is the son of God. Like, this is Jesus, the son of God, God in the flesh. Instead of doing life alone, how many notice he grabs 12 guys to surround his life with and for three years do life together? Well, that's, I mean, this beautiful community. I mean, here he is. He's not just saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the king, king of the world. I'm just here. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I mean, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. I'm going to do this thing alone. You're going to see I'm going to resurrect. Just like, no, wait, wait, I'm going to gather some people. I'm going to give my wisdom. I'm going to impart something. We're going to live life together. We're going to eat together, walk together, do life together. And all of a sudden, we can lean in and learn so much from Jesus in community, in community. It's beautiful. Mark chapter 6, he begins to send them out around town. He says, hey, you know what? Everything that you see me do, I want you to begin to do. I want, you to, I want you to go in groups of twos, and I want you to go around the town, and I want you to pray for people, help people, heal people. In Jesus' name, just go. In my name, that's what he said. In Jesus' name, my name, go. And uh, they go around town, and they start doing this in community, in pairs. Yesterday was such a beautiful thing that, I mean, imagine one person, what can they accomplish on a Saturday by themselves? I mean, maybe one person can hand out 100 boxes, if anything, I mean, if that on a, on on a hot summer Saturday, but you get, I mean, 200 people in here, everybody grabbing a few boxes, we can hit 600 homes in two hours. Come on, that just shows the power of community. Jesus did this. He says, go in pairs, go out around town. And it says they went out, they were praying for people, they were preaching the gospel, and they come back to Jesus and Jesus, Jesus, this was awesome. I mean, people that were possessed, they got delivered. I mean, it was incredible. People that were, were sick got healed, and they're telling Jesus this reports. Jesus say, hey, guys, this is awesome, but I'm really a little tired. I know you're a little tired, too. Let's do something. Let's go on a little time away. It was the first, like, uh, staff retreat, church staff retreat. Let's go on a little retreat, and uh, we're just going to get some time to rest. It says they get in the boat, they start going to the other side. It says the crowd is following Jesus. Their eyes are on Jesus. Can I just remind you this morning, keep your eyes on Jesus. I don't know about you, but I want to go wherever Jesus goes. The crowd is following Jesus. I think this also shows us humanity is hungry for God. Ah, I love Miami. Ah, I don't even know who does this. Ah, but anyways, ah. 
I love Miami. Miami doesn't want God. Miami's a party town. And, you know, we got Club Live and we got South Beach. I, I don't know who wants. Can I tell you, Miami is hungry for God. Miami is hungry for love. Miami is hungry for help. Miami is hungry for the church to stand up and say there is an answer. There is a solution. You don't need drugs. You don't need the club. You don't need to sleep around. There's an answer called Jesus. Humanity's following Jesus. Here it says 5,000 men, they're keeping their eyes on Jesus. They want to go wherever Jesus goes. I don't know about you, but I want to go wherever Jesus goes. This is why we gather on a Sunday morning and we sing some songs. By the way, that's why we don't come in on the third or the fourth song. It's not so that you can come in just in time before the message. We gather here early at 11 sharp to say, Jesus, I adore you. Jesus, I magnify you. Jesus, you're worthy of all. Oh, come on. Is anybody thankful that Jesus resurrected? He is the King of Kings and the Lord. Lord of Lords. Come on, church. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise in this place. Come on, he's worthy of it. Worthy of all the praise. They're following Jesus. They're like, we want Jesus. We're going after Jesus. And, and it says that when Jesus gets to the other side, already the crowd is already there waiting for him. Like, hey, Jesus, we got you. You can't escape us. 5,000 men, not including women and children, potentially, possibly, about 15,000 people. 15,000. It's a big crowd following Jesus. And uh, Jesus says, the Bible says he has compassion on them. I wonder if we look out at the crowd of Miami and we have compassion on them. I mean, Jesus, Jesus' heart was broken over this crowd. H how easy it is to go through life. This is, I mean, just easy to go through life and, and just, just be selfish. I'm worried about my life. I mean, I know I see Miami. I know I see my city. I know that there's needs. I see the news. It's crazy, but, but I'm too fixated on my own life. Jesus had compassion on me. He says, I know we're tired. I know we're supposed to go on a little retreat. We're going to a log cabin or something with a fireplace, but, but, but I, I need to stop. And I need to reach some people. I need to tell some people that there is an answer. There is a solution. There is peace. It says he begins to teach them. And uh, all of a sudden, it's getting late in the day. It says one of the disciples comes up to Jesus. Jesus, you got to do something about this. I mean, they're, they're still here. It's getting late. The sun's going down. I'm hungry. They're hungry. My stomach is growling. I mean, can we go grab some five guys? Can we go do something? I mean, this is, just send them home. Send them away. Whoa, wait, wait a minute. Send them away. Isn't uh, the disciples were funny? And sometimes we look at the disciples, we're like, man, they're crazy. But we're the same. I wonder sometimes we're sending away the same people that God wants to minister to and bring in. Whoa. Well, I mean, are we just saying, you know, don't, don't ever let the expense of comfort be higher than the expense of ministry. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's about my comfort. I mean, I mean, how many services? Five services? You guys are crazy on a Sunday? And you want me to serve what? Serve one? Sit one? Pfft, I got things to do. I know the Dolphins are losing, but I got to go watch them. I mean, the Canes lost yesterday, but I mean, I got things to do. Wait a minute. When this talking about lost souls, I will be here all day if I have to. I will lift up a light called Jesus. I'm going to serve in my community, serve in my church. Oh, come on. People need to see Jesus. Oh, my God. It's just like, hey, send them away. Jesus, can you send them away? He's like, no. Like, They're hungry, God. Everybody's stomach is growling. They're looking at each other funny. I mean, I mean, just send them away. He's like, this is what I love. Jesus says, no, you feed them. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You feed them. That's like us looking at our city and saying, God, you do something. Do something, God. I mean, do something in Miami. He's like, you do something. Whew, Jesus, okay. Okay, me. I got to do something. Oh, so the Christian life is not just about attending church. Wait, I thought it was just about coming in and lifting up my hands and singing a couple. No, no, you do something. Uh, you know what I love about God? He wants to work alongside of us. Invites us in together with ministry. It's like, wait, Jesus, what do you mean? What do you mean? We, we, we feed them? We don't have anything. Well, what do you have? Go look at what you have. So they go out around the crowd and they just they grab, they grab five pieces of toast and two anchovies. That's all they have. And God, this is all we can gather up together today. 
He says, that's more than enough. Sometimes what we think is a little bit, it's all God needs to do a miracle. Well, I wonder what we have this morning to offer up to God. Are we looking at our little bit and saying, God, you can't do anything with my little bit? And he's saying, that's all I need. Maybe we're in here questioning. God, what can I do with my life? What can I offer up to help serve and love and help my city? I mean, I don't have anything. He's saying, what you have is more than enough. I love it. And Jesus now begins to gather them in circles. He says, but you know, I want you to make some circles. and I want you to be right right now. We're going to work as a team. It's important to work as a team. I mean, we have to work as a team. If we're going to be a church that makes an impact in our community, if we're going to serve, help, and love, can I tell you it begins with us in here? We have to work together as a team. You know, one of the biggest things that the devil is going to attack is our unity. He's going to attack our unity as a church. How do you live with one another? How do you, I mean, I mean, how do you get along with some of your brothers and sisters here in church? Do we come into church and say, it's her again. What's she doing here? Mm-mm, she should be out of here. I saw her at the club last night. Well, what were you doing at the club last night? <laughs> write this down. Three things really quick that I think can help us out. Point number one. Write this down. Point number one, not kids. Point number one. If there is going to be a change in our community, there first has to be unity. The devil's going to bring an attack, massive attack, to our unity if we want to do something influential in our city. Okay, let me tell you something. What the devil is most afraid of is what he's most going to attack. And he's not afraid of a big church. He's afraid of a united church. Oh, because when we're all together in one mind and one accord, oh, I'm telling you, we can bring some heat to the kingdom of darkness. When we say it does not matter who's to my right or who's to my left, that's my brother, that's my sister. I got a message to preach. We got people to reach. Come on. We're all in this together. Oh, but he's going to come attacking unity. If we don't get along, then our efforts are all going to fall short. It's going to be fights and it's going to be... I mean, just judgmental and pointing fingers. And, I mean, the devil is going to attack our unity. Unity is so important. We need to fight for unity. How, how are we united as a church? Are, are we the type of Christians that we just come in here, we do life by ourselves, or are we united in a circle? That's why I love our connect groups. It says where rows become circles. We need to live life in a circle, having people next to us united with one mind, one heart, one soul, with a mission in mind. God has shown me grace, and now we have to show grace together to the city. Hey, this is what the early church was all about. Acts chapter 2, look what it says about them. It says all the believers, they were together, and they had everything in common. Whoa, everything in common. That's why they accomplished so much. Nowadays, it's like, look what she's wearing. Look what he's doing. Look, let's just be all in common. We're here to love Jesus and love people. Acts chapter 4, look what it says. So all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. And we're all in this together. You know what? I'm not going to fight with who's here next to me and who's not. And I'm not going to look at this person in a bad way. I'm, I'm not going to hold this judgment against this person. I'm not going to be bitter against my brother or my sister. You know what? We've got to fight for some unity. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, it says, I appeal to you, Paul saying to the church, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there will be no divisions among you, but that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. Paul is saying, all of you need to be united in mind and in thought. We want to make a great influence and a great impact in this city. It comes when we're all united as one. 
Imagine the disciples. Jesus is like, hey, I want you to distribute this food. I'm about to bless and multiply. Well, I would, but Peter's always lazy. I mean, you should see him, Jesus. I mean, Andrew, that guy doesn't stop talking to all the ladies in the crowd. He's single. He's desperate. I mean, he's trying to put up his profile on Christian Mingle. Jesus called me when everybody's all together. I'm out right now. I'm going to sit down. You call me. No, I mean, what kind of distribution would that be? But all together in one team, one mind, one thought, it says, Jesus, we're here. You give us what, whatever you need, and we're just going to distribute it together as a team, as a church, as a community, together as one. That's power. God commands a blessing when there's unity. Look at the Bible says in Psalm chapter 133, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in what? In unity. It says it is like the precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. There the Lord commands a blessing. When there's unity, the blessing of the Lord is there. How can God bless a divided church? I mean, all of us together with one mind, one thought, saying we're following the vision that God has given this house. Nobody with their own agendas, nobody with their own visions. When there's more than one vision, that means there's division. division. No, there's one vision, that is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're all in this together. He's going to fight to break apart our unity. So what's going to happen is we're all just going to start bickering at one another and looking at one another and saying, well, well they don't deserve this. And I, I know you're, you want to multiply bread and fish, but, but God, they, they shouldn't eat. I mean, they, these people shouldn't be in here. And, and we're just going to start judging one another. The disciples did this often. They judged even each other. They said, well, who's the greatest? Well, Jesus likes me more. I got more Instagram followers than you. I get more likes start trying to compare one another. Well, I mean, you got, I mean, Peter, you're always sticking your foot in your mouth. I mean, nobody likes you anyways. You're too loud. I mean, I mean, I mean, Andrew, I mean, you're still, you still smell like fish, bro. Go shower. Always, always they were complaining and fighting and who's going to sit at Jesus' side and the day of resurrection, they were always fighting. They were fighting against other people as well. They saw some Samaritans and they said, Jesus, should we call down fire so that you can kill them? And Jesus is like, those are the people I came to save. What, what, are you, what, what's your, I mean, what are we thinking? Point number two, write this down. Is the grace we show is telling of the grace we have been shown. I mean, I mean can, are we holding bitterness and judgments against one another? Are we, are we looking at one another and say, that person shouldn't be here. And he doesn't deserve to be sitting in a community like this of believers and hearing about Jesus. I mean, you should, know, you should see what this person did to me. And you should see what that girl did to me. I mean, that, that lady in her connect group, they just spread all this gossip about me. Are we going to be holding bitterness and resentment? Or are we going to show the same grace that we've been shown? say, you know what, you picked me. I was a, I was a tax collector. I was a fisherman. I was, I was down and out. Like Paul says, I was the worst of sinners. Yet he showed me his grace. I think when we have this in mind, we say, whoa, whoa, then, then God could reach anybody in Miami. Wait, then, then I can work together as a team in my church and, and distribute evenly what God has given us. Let's work together as a community. Let's work together as a church where it doesn't matter where we're from, it doesn't matter what our background is, it doesn't matter what our faults have been, it doesn't matter what sins we've committed, it doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle we came from. I mean, we're all sinners saved by grace. Receiving the bread of heaven, distributing it to one another and to our city. And what, what can God do with a community like this, church? What, what can God do with a people like this? And all we care about is showing this same grace that, that we've been shown. 
Maybe you're in here, you're saying, Alex, I get it. I mean, I, I know what you're saying. Some people in here, they, they, might be, they might be part of that community. I don't even know if I can be a part of this community. If you only know where I come from, if you only know, I mean, my life, what can, what can God do with it? I don't, I don't have much. My life, it's, it's broken. It's broken. Yeah, you know what's crazy? What I love about God is that humanity usually throws broken things away. God usually breaks things before he uses them. Oh, my brokenness. Oh, it's in my life that's completely torn apart, the little bit that I have. Isn't it, is it crazy what the disciples thought was, was too little was just enough for God? What, what do we have that we can come together as a church, as a community, as one, united to say, hey, this is all I have, but my little bit, I think God can do something with it. It's broken, it is messed up, but here it is. I leave it at Jesus' feet. I leave it here with my community of brothers and sisters. Do what you can, Lord, with this thing. Do what you can with this life. I don't have much. I don't have a great gift. I don't have a great ability. But my little broken life, God, what can you do with it? Oh, with a little bit, he fed over 15,000 people. All of us coming together on a Saturday, I don't, I don't have much to do. I just have a little bit of time on a Saturday morning. I'm just here. What do I do? I knock on the door. What do I say? I'm shy. I'm embarrassed. I don't know. I mean, I mean just do whatever you can. God can use it. How, how easy we throw things away. How easy we discredit the broken and the hurt. I mean, this is, this is nothing. God, I mean, come on. Some anchovies and a piece of toast. God, what can you do with this? I'll feed a whole crowd. I mean... God, but, but this is impossible. Well, impossible is all I need for a miracle. This is what God can do. Yeah, I love this because at the end, once everybody had eaten, look at, look at, look at God. Look at the way he works. He said, once everybody had eaten, he told his disciples, I want you to go and pick up all the crumbs, all the pieces that are left. John chapter 6, if we can look at this one more time. It says, when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. Look, that word right there, pieces, in the Greek, is, it's literally fragments. Fragments. He tells his disciples, I want you to go and grab, grab all the little fragments, all the little pieces, gather them together. Now, all of us, I mean, we'll probably look at some fragments or some pieces, some crumbs, and we'll say, I mean, this? Why do you want to collect this, God? I mean, I, mean, I throw this away. All of us, how many times do we, we don't grab, we don't get up from our dinner table and grab all the crumbs on a napkin and say, I'm taking this home. This is dessert. <laughs> like, nobody does that. Jesus, no, no, I want you to grab some baskets. I want you to go around all the little pieces of fish, all the little pieces of Ezekiel toast that are around. I want you to collect them. Once they had collected everything, it says that they gathered 12 basketfuls. Wow. Hey, isn't this crazy what... What we think is, is broken, what we think God can't use, is the very thing that God wants to use. What we think does not matter is the very thing God wants to use to feed humanity. What's the broken area in your life? The, the blessing is in the brokenness. The blessing is in the crumbs of our life. In the fragments of our life. Maybe you're in here saying, Alex, but I'm broken. I'm messed up. All I got is this fragment, this crumb. I've been through a divorce. I've been through some sickness. I don't even got financial uh, healthiness right now. I'm all over the place. My life is upside down. Bring your little fragment and watch what God can do with it. 
He does not disqualify you because of some crumbs. He does not throw it away. He says, bring all those fragments to me as a church, as a community, united as one. If we gather it together, can I tell you, church, you bring in your peace. I'm bringing my peace. You bring your crumbs. I bring my crumbs. That's all God needs. He doesn't need people that are able. He needs people that are available just to say, God, here's my life. Here's a little bit that I have. Do what you can. And he says, that's all I need. And we can make an impact and an influence in this society and in this city. But it comes when we come together as one saying, do it, God. Do it. I can't do anything with it, but you can. God, I can't do anything with my life that is broken. I can't do anything with the little fragments of my life that I consider worthless. But God says, you're not worthless. In fact, it cost my very life. I mean, it looked like Jesus was worthless when he was torn to pieces on the cross. But his, his crumbs, his brokenness made us whole. Oh, this is God now on a tree being broken and being ripped to pieces. The fragments of Jesus brought us wholeness in our souls. This is how God works. What are we throwing away that God wants to gather this morning, church? Your gift, your talent, your time, your opportunity. Together we can make a difference in this city. But it's going to become united as one right here first. Can't reach the people that are out there if first we're not loving people that are in here I mean how can I how can I love somebody next to me how can I serve them how can I help my neighbor how can I how can I look down upon people but say you know what if if they bring their little bit and I bring my little bit show grace and love to one another we can feed a whole lot of people with every eye closed and every head bowed all across this auditorium I'm out of time but you're in here today and you're saying Alex this is me my life is broken. My life is messed up. I'm, I'm far away from Jesus. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I'm sick and tired of following my own path, following my own way. I've been making my own decisions and it's led me nowhere. Can I just tell you today, I believe it's no coincidence that you're here. I believe it is God himself who brought you in here with a plan and with a purpose. If nobody's ever told you yet, can I be the first to tell you God loves you? And maybe you're saying, Alex, but, but I've made this mistake. Alex, I've done this. If, if you only knew what I was doing last night or last week or last month, can I tell you, God knows all those things and yet he loves you so much. That's the beautiful thing about the gospel, that God knows it all and yet loves us so much. He's totally in love with us. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed, while the church is praying, while team staff is praying. If you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I need a relationship with God. I'm far away from him, man. I really need a relationship with God. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. You and I were sinners. We failed God in one way or another. Sin separates us from God. But the Bible says God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to come die for you and for me. Came to bridge the gap between us and God. The Bible says he took all of our sins on his shoulders and he died on a cross, went into a grave for three days. But after three days, sin could not hold him down and death could not defeat him. Jesus is alive today and he's offering brand new life. He's offering you a clean slate. He's offering you forgiveness. Today you can begin again a brand new life. While every eye is closed, while every head is bowed, all over this auditorium, all over the overflow, we got pastors back there as well. In a moment of privacy, I'm going to count to three of you saying, Alex, I need Jesus today. This is, this is my day. I need to begin again today. Tomorrow's promise for no one, the Bible says. The day of salvation is today. 
While every eye is closed, every head is bowed, if that's you, in a moment of privacy, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. I'm going to acknowledge you, and then you can put it right back down. In the overflow, you raise your hand as well. A pastor will acknowledge you, and you can put it right back down. One, two, three. Raise your hand all over this place. Amazing, amazing. Hands up everywhere. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, and 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 you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Raise your hands in the overflow as well. Anybody else, you're saying, I need Jesus. Raise your hand. I'm going to give one more opportunity. Anybody else, while the church is praying, anybody else, you're saying, I need a relationship with Jesus. I want you to shoot your hand up right where you're at, all over the overflow. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Anybody else, God bless you as well. Amazing. Come on, church. Can we give a, put, a, put a big hand together for God? Come on. God is in this place. With every eye closed, every head bowed, all of you who raised your hand in the auditorium, in the overflow, maybe you're listening online or on the radio, and you, you say, I need to make this decision to follow God. I'm going to say a simple prayer. All we're doing is talking to God. There's nothing complicated about prayer. I'm just making this first one easy. But he wants to hear from you. I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I believe God is here, and I believe he's about to give you a brand new beginning. Repeat this with me aloud. In fact, all of us, we're going to say it with you together. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my life. I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. From today on, I am forgiven. I am saved and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen and amen come on can we put our hands together church come on can we congratulate them come on let's get up on our feet